The following program is sponsored by Fairly Spiritual on KCIS. Hey, it's Pastor Doug Bursch here, and you're listening to The Fairly Spiritual Show. Well, we have Christmas coming up, and I thought I'd talk about this today. Everyone has their Christmas traditions. We all have ways we try to make order our meaning out of the season. Well, I was thinking about the original Christmas and how chaotic it actually was. How God chose to come into the world, not through our traditions, not through our strength, not through our systems, not even through our genealogies. God chose his own way to radically change everything. We'll talk about that on today's Fairly Spiritual Show. Thanks for listening to The Fairly Spiritual Show. I so much appreciate it. I am Pastor Doug Bursch, your host. I'd like to know if you listen to this show, if it's of interest to you, if you want me to keep doing it. A couple ways you can do that is you can share us on Facebook and Twitter and other social media platforms. You can also text the show at 360-818-4513. I'd love to hear your interactions, 360-818-4513. I'm going to do it in radio voice for a third time. That's 360-818-4513. That's 360-818-4513. Call now. Uh, I'd love it if you could interact with me. Also, if you go to my website, fairlyspiritual.org, that's fairlyspiritual.org, you can find past podcasts, past shows, You can also find ways to pick up my book, The Community of God, A Theology of the Church, and how to subscribe. Oh, there's so many goodies there. Actually, there's not a lot of goodies, but there's a few things you can do. Uh, So on today's show, I wanted to talk about Christmas. Some of you are like, I don't want to talk about Christmas. It's too much, too much to do. Let's just live in the moment, Doug. Let's just put that, you know, in the distant future. Others, you got, you know, the eggnog out. You're in full festive swing. Well, I was thinking about the fact that when it comes to Christmas, we have so many traditions. Uh, we, we like to make traditions. We like to have these, it, you know, you have to have certain things done for it truly to be Christmas. Everyone has their family traditions. Uh, one of the family traditions might be that you have to fight while putting up the Christmas tree. That might, that might be one of those. I've gotten better at this, but I used to have uh, the traditional fight of me being under the Christmas tree trying to tighten in those little screws to make it straight while my wife is telling me if it's supposed to be closer to the wall or farther from the wall or to the right or the left, and I'm going, your left or my left, uh, you know, just a terrible Christmas tradition. But that was one of our Christmas traditions. Uh, But, you know, one of the things is there's so much chaos in the holiday season, we try to gain a certain amount of control, right? We just want some control, something within our grasp, Something where we can be like, ah, you know, regardless of what happens, we're all going to get together on Christmas Eve or Christmas morning, and it's just going to be us, and and it'll just be our time, and maybe Aunt Linda. You know, it's 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 going to be just us. It's something, some order in this chaotic world, and and I get that. We all want order, but it's kind of ironic that we make all these ordered or traditions or these 
rituals, and the first Christmas is so not ordered. It's so out of control. It doesn't follow anything that you would expect. God just messed things up. He just didn't go the way that anybody thought it would go. And one of the best examples of how just crazy, just just crazy God's plan was, or how crazy God's planning is compared to our planning, is the story of Joseph. And I, and I want to bring this up today because some of us are really making life a lot about us. And I know I do this. On this show, I talk about the things you need to do and the things I need to do and the ways we need to repent and the ways we need to try harder. And sometimes I think I spend too much time talking about us. And and I do that because I, I don't like it when people are like, well, you know, whatever, God's sovereign and we're out of, you know, it's outside our control and it's just a predestined existence and whatever. I believe we have free will. I believe we have choice. I believe we have responsibility. But I think there's a danger in me focusing in on that so much to the point that we forget the fact that God is big and we are small, that his ways are not our ways, his thoughts are not our thoughts, and that it's far much more about a sovereign, big God who has plans that are far bigger than us than about our you know, great, grand plans and traditions. And so today I want to focus in on the bigness of God and the smallness of us. Is that okay? And I want to look at Joseph in that context. Because when you look at the story of Joseph, Joseph really has just a ridiculous role in the Christmas story. Uh, One of the things you see, let's say in the beginning of Matthew, Joseph is included in the narrative of um, the the genealogies. You know, we all know those... uh, the the begats right in the beginning where so and so begat so and so and and you you know what you do right you kind of skip through those right you you don't read the whole thing I know some of you are saying I read the whole thing and I memorize it but the rest of us we don't do that right we just kind of skim through it but at the beginning of Matthew and also in Luke there's uh there's these genealogies and the genealogies are to show you that that Messiah comes from the line of Abraham and comes from the line of David. To fulfill prophecy. But one of the most radical things about these genealogies, and you look in Matthew, is the Matthew genealogy, and, and stay with me, you're like, genealogies, I don't listen to a podcast for genealogies, don't turn this off, this is fascinating to me, and if it's not fascinating to you, you're, you're just clearly not hearing me, it can't possibly be me, but here's the thing. So, the genealogy in Matthew starts out with Abraham, and then it goes to David, and it comes to Jesus through Joseph. But here's the thing. Genealogies are done through blood. They're, they're, they're at some level, they're genetics, right? That, that someone carries the genes from one generation to the next. Well, here's the problem with that genealogy that Jesus comes from the line of David or comes from the line of Abraham. When you get to Joseph, there's no genealogy there. There's no genes. Joseph is not Jesus's father. Joseph doesn't play a role in the genetics of Jesus with the virgin birth. And yet Matthew starts out, we kind of just gloss over this, but Matthew starts out, hey, we don't know, here's the, you know, the, the line here. Here's a sign that Jesus is from uh, the line of David and from the line of Abraham, and we go right through this line, and it comes to Joseph, and there's Jesus. 
Uh, but the reality is later on in Matthew, Matthew goes out of his way to let you know that Jesus is not the son of Joseph. Jesus is the son of Mary. And this is a very radical point, and this is the tension that I want you to get at, because Joseph plays an extremely important role in being able to to be a part of that genealogical line where Messiah comes through his line, and yet he does not play an important role in that he's not the father. So he's incredibly important in that the genealogical line goes through him, and he's not important at all in that he's not the father. And I think this is a very important image to stick with you because this is kind of how our faith life is, that we're very important but not important at all, that God does these amazing things through us but he doesn't need us. And I that, that thing you're going to see in the story of Joseph, and it really is the story of our life, that we're incredibly important but we're not important at all. I might even say it this way, and it, it might sound kind of harsh, but you are really needed for the equation, but you're not needed. That's kind of the story of Joseph. We're very important to the Christmas story, but God doesn't need us. But he does need us, but he doesn't need us. That's the tension you see in Joseph, and I, and I want to focus on this. Uh, let's just go to some of the scripture, and if you're driving in the car, please don't try to read the Bible while driving. Pull over to the side of the road. That's just too hard. If you're jogging right now, uh, yes, you can do both. I think you can do it. Pull out your phone, jog, and look at your phone at the same time. People driving by will judge you. That's between them and the Lord. But here's in Matthew 1, uh, 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Now, it's very important for you to look at the language here. In verse 21, the angel says, she will bear a son. Not bear you a son, but bear a son. And I want us to look at this because there's some language here later on that might really surprise you that you might not have ever looked at while reading the Christmas story. And it might radically change your view of Christmas and your role when it comes to God working through you. Especially if you feel very inept in this holiday season. More to come. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. I really need your support to keep the show on the radio. We need at least a couple people to give $25, $50, or we're going to go off the air. So could you go to fairlyspiritual.org and donate today? I'd also love to get your feedback. Uh, You can call or text the show. Here's the number, 360-818-4513. That's 360-818-4513. And also, you can pick up my book, The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor. 
just Google Douglas S. Birch or the Community of God and you'll find access for the book and you can purchase it today. Now back to the show. Well, thanks for listening to today's show. Uh, I'm talking about Joseph's important role and almost his non-existent role in the birth of Jesus, that the genealogy shows that Jesus comes through the line of Joseph, but Joseph has no role in the genes of Jesus. And to me, that's just a powerful thing that we forget, that Messiah comes through the line of Joseph, but Joseph really has no genetic role in the life of Jesus. And you see in the language here, and I, I want to I wanna give you this, um, that even when the angel first comes to Joseph to tell him about something that he has no control over, the angel doesn't come to Joseph and say, hey, if you want this to happen, it's going to happen. The angel basically says, this is happening. Mary's pregnant. Uh, do you want to come along for the ride or not? This is going to happen. Mary's pregnant. So what are you going to do about it? So even there is a context that Joseph does not have a central role. He is not a man in control. Joseph's wants and desires do not play a role in this story. It's not about Joseph. It's not about the man being in control. It's not about him praying for a son. It's not about Joseph's desires or prayers or wishes really being answered. And you don't see in this story even what Joseph wants happening. This is God coming and fulfilling his plan through Joseph, but it's not really something that Joseph seems to be desiring. It's that God is going to carry out his wishes. But you see here uh, that in the very beginning here that God comes and says that there's going to be a son, but not your son. And and I'm not exaggerating this because if you look at um, Matthew 2, 13, listen to the language. Uh, Joseph has another dream. And the angel uses this language to talk about Jesus. And I'm going to give you a few references here. So uh, Matthew 2.13, Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother. The child and his mother. He doesn't say, take your child and his mother. He says, take the child and his mother. So clearly the angels is saying, uh, who's Jesus' mother? It's Mary, but it doesn't say you're his father. It says, take the child and his mother. And if you think I'm exaggerating that, go down to 14. It says, and Joseph rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt. If you go down to verse 20, you see the same language again. Uh, verse 20, saying, rise, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. Uh, those who sought the child's life are dead. Verse 21, And he rose and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. The role for Joseph in this is he is not parenting his child. This is not about Joseph. Yes, Messiah comes through the line of Joseph, but this isn't about Joseph. And we see this also even in the story of Jesus starts his ministry, it looks like, after Joseph is dead. So even Joseph's role in the messianic ministry of Jesus is not there. We don't hear about Joseph after the Christmas story. He just kind of disappears from the story. And I believe at some level, probably Jesus was a good son who, who took care of things while Joseph was alive and 
maybe a little bit after Joseph died, and then uh, Jesus began to minister around, you know, 33 years old, and Joseph is out of the picture. I want to show you the contrast between Joseph and Abraham, the two contrasts between even an Old Testament faith and a New Testament faith. I don't want to exaggerate it too much, but I think sometimes we talk about the faith of Abraham and the role of Abraham, and we need to be like Abraham. Uh, but I think today we might need to be more like Joseph. Look at Abraham. Abraham's name, even. He, his name is first Abram, which means exalted father, and, and you know that very much lifts up the man. And then it's Abraham, which means father of multitudes or father of nations. You know, that's that's a, a huge exalted term and and he's this 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 person who 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 is to 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 lead a people and to be the father of nations and and he's a man who at at an old age desires a family and desires to to have a child but can't have a child and is praying and is yearning for this child and yearning to have this impact and this influence and yearning for the prosperity in his life to be passed on for him to have a and his inheritance to be passed on to the next generation that's abraham then we see joseph and for joseph joseph isn't even married yet he doesn't want kids he doesn't want any of this and he gets a kid and the kid isn't his he doesn't want Abraham wants someone to give his inheritance to. And for Joseph, Jesus becomes his inheritance. For Abraham, he's in a place where he's been yearning and desiring for this legacy. For Joseph, the reality is Jesus coming into his life does not make his life easier. And Joseph never sees anything really good coming from Jesus. For him, it's more just a trial. It's interesting, if you look at Joseph's name, Joseph's name means Yahweh will increase. God will increase. Joseph, yeah, Yosef. So, so the idea of, for, for Joseph, he literally, his existence is, you're not going to increase. God's going to increase. It's not about you. It's not about you. You're going to live this life, and God is going to do great things, but you're going to decrease. It's not about your power. It's not about your authority. It's not about your lineage. Even, you know, Abraham, we talk about Abraham's seed. It's not about Joseph's seed. It comes through his lineage, but it's not his seed. It's such a powerful image, and I, and I, hope, I hope you understand this. I'm, I know some people say, oh, Doug, it's not a big deal. I think this is a profound deal that the Bible says, Jesus comes through the line of Abraham, David, and Joseph. But if you look at Abraham and David versus Joseph, Joseph has almost an opposite role as an Abraham and a David. Abraham and David increase in stature and authority, these great men of faith. Joseph, who is the last in the line of these supposedly great men, has no greatness in and of himself except for that God just chooses to come through the line of Joseph. 
For Joseph, his name is the reality of his life. Yahweh will increase, not Joseph. Yahweh will increase because for Joseph, it's a child that comes to him out of wedlock. There's no benefit to that. For Joseph, it's a child that comes that's not his son. He's not the father. Jesus is the child. So each time the angel comes to him, the angel reaffirms that reality. It's not your child. It's God's child and Mary's son. Joseph knows his role. His role is not to be the father. His his role is to be a steward of what God has done. It's a different assignment. Now, I'm bringing this up and even exaggerating it because I think it's important for us to take note of this. Some of you have been trying really hard to do really good things. You're trying so hard to just do it right and to order your faith right and to do everything spiritually perfect. And you have all these plans and purposes. It's very important to realize that one of the most important, well, not one of the most important, the most important event, the most important event in our spiritual existence, God just changed everything. He didn't use the authority structures of our culture. He didn't use the systems. He didn't use anything that made sense. He just wiped it out. He did, He even took that genetic line of these men and these founding fathers, and he said, okay, I'm going to go through that line, but I'm not, I'm not going to use Joseph. I'm going to do a miracle. I'm just not going to use it. It's going to be all me. I'm just not going to use human structures. I'm not going to use human power systems. It's going to be all me. What you expected to happen is not going to happen. And I think we need to have the faith of Joseph today to realize this, that that God is going to do a miracle through you, just like he did a miracle through Joseph. But it's not going to be about you. That God is going to continue to do miracles through you and through me through the line of Joseph, or through the line of Doug, or through the line of Kelly, or through the line of Samantha, through the line of Keyshawn. He's, God's going to do miracles through you. But just like through Joseph, it's not about your genetics. It's not about your sufficiency. It's not about your seed. It's not about your biology. It's about the miraculous sovereignty, and sufficiency of God. And you're to come along and I'm to come along and to be a steward of that miracle. It's okay for us to be incredibly weak. It's it's okay for us to just not have what it takes because God doesn't need it from us. He just needs us to embrace the reality of what's happening, to go along for the ride, to say, okay, it's not, it's not about me. This story isn't about me. I'm a Joseph. Yahweh increases. This is not me being an exalted father or the father of multitudes. My life is not going to be an Abraham life. My life's going to be a Joseph life. God's going to increase. Pe- people aren't going to know me. It's not going to be about my strength. Boy, he was powerful at this, and she was powerful at that, and boy... 
boy, he looks just like him. And you can see his father's face. It's like, no, I'm just a Joseph. Yes, it's my genealogy, but it's not my genetics. God's going to do a miracle like that in your life. It'll be your genealogy, but not your genetics. That crazy. It's like, why is that your genealogy? That, that boy's not your boy. And you're like, no, no, no. That's my boy. That's my daughter. That miracle comes from me. But it's not my genetics. That's what God does through us. That's what God wants to do through you. So give up the control. Give up the power. Give up the rituals and just let God be God this Christmas. Okay? Just let God be God this Christmas. Let's embrace the Joseph miracles this Christmas. All right. Make room for the Lord. Hey, I appreciate you listening to today's show. I hope that made sense. Just want to bring you something a little different. You might not have heard that before. Uh, If you'd like to contact me, please text the show 360-818-4513. That's 360-818-4513. You can also go to the website, fairlyspiritual.org. That's fairlyspiritual.org. And please pick up the book, The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor. You can get that at Amazon. Just Google it, The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor. Love you guys. Nothing in this Proceeding broadcast was sponsored by Fairly Spiritual. When you write or call this program, be sure to mention you heard it on KCIS.